is the voice of the Cleveland Monsters, Tony Brown, and you're listening to Sports on Tap. You're listening to Sports on Tap, presented by RRT Productions. Here are your hosts, Rob Troutman, Josh Jeffy, Ed Dick, and Sean Duffy. Welcome to Sports on Tap. I'm your host, Rob Trauma. We have Sean Duffy, Eddick, Josh, Jeffy here in studio. Jay, it's our week four game recaps for our Ohio high school football coverage here today. And guys, week four now in the books and um, a lot to cover here today. Later on, we're going to get to our game of the week that featured Wadsworth and Hudson. And I'll tell you, that was an unbelievable game that came down to a final kick that even Ed Dick would be proud of. It was top, late in the game. Top two games we've covered since we started covering games. Wow, pretty bold statement. In the top I mean, that, two. It in was, the top two, it was close. There's it, no doubt. Yeah, it's a top, there's no doubt it was a top game. And, um, you know, we'll go over our uh, Coach of the Week uh, poll that we had. Um, the final results are in there. So we'll go through that later on in the show. Um, we also have our uh, Player of the Week we'll give during uh, each segment here. Um, going forward, but uh, first, right on the RT Productions hotline is our favorite, Ed Dick. He's part of the show, and he's covering the Great Lakes Conference. Ed, thanks for joining us again this week. Uh, we are uh, a yeah, regular season. Hard to believe that uh, you know, we've, we've been building up to this uh, for, for all summer long, and now um, we're, we're, we're just about halfway uh, to the half point of the regular season. Uh, so without further ado, uh, in the Great Lakes Conference, Week 4 started off with a Thursday matchup between the winless Normandy Invaders and Garfield Heights over at Byers Field. Um, the Bulldogs, they wasted no time. They jumped into a 45 to nothing lead at the end of the first half. The Bulldogs win 51 to nothing over Normandy. Uh, for the Bulldogs, Torrance Davis passed for two touchdowns and ran for two touchdowns. To lead the way for the Bulldogs, Normandy falls to 0 and 4 overall. They are 0 and 2 in the conference. They will travel to Rocky River in Week Five. Garfield Heights is 2 and 2. They will host Maple Heights in Week Five. A couple of hard, a couple of big matchups here in the GLC. Uh, first, the Bay Rockets came into the game 2 and 1 overall, 1 and 1 in the conference. They hosted undefeated Parma Heights Valley Forge. In a big matchup for GLC supremacy, the Patriots got on the board with touchdown runs of 55 and six yards by Anthony. They answered with touchdowns by Hudson, Desnaros, and Nick Patari to take a 15-12 lead. Valley Force retook the lead in the 19-15 with a five-yard run by Trell Marks. Bay's Joe Coletti scored from 18 yards out, and the Rockets retook the lead 22-19. Dave Ben Anderson then intercepted a Patriots pass late in the game, stealing the victory for the Rockets, 22-19. to For Bay, Nick Pateri threw rushed 11 times for 93 yards in the touchdown. Joe Coletti rushed five times for 74 yards in the touchdown. Riley Forge, as a team, 
with that lazy offense they ran, or they run, they rushed for 365 yards, led by Mike Pappas' 20 carries for 112 yards, and Antoine Torres' 70 carries for 86 yards and two touchdowns. They, in Rally Forge, are both 3-1 overall, 2-1 in the GLC. Patriots, this year, Buckeye, and one of the other thing matchups this week, the Liria Catholic, 2-1 overall, 1-1 in the conference. They traveled to York Township to take on the Buckeye Bucks, 2-1 overall, 1-0 in the conference. Uh, another matchup for the top spot in the GLC, the Panthers. They wasted zero time. They scored in the opening kickoff, a 72-yard jaunt by Levi Ellis. Buckeye, they answered with their own special teams touchdown, a 61-yard punt return by Cayman Marshall. The rest of the game is a battle between the arm of Panthers quarterback Steven Navalinsky and Bucks quarterback Jacob Dirty. Navalinsky, he finished 14-31 uh, passing for 246 yards and three touchdowns in this back-and-forth affair. He hit Jack Griffin for six receptions, 101 yards and a touchdown. And then uh, Jared France had four receptions for 96 yards and a touchdown. Navalinsky had six different receivers over the course of the night. However, Jerky got the last laugh. He rushed 36 times for 284 yards, wow. four touchdowns, and a two-point conversion. His last touchdown provided just enough cushion for a 36-32 to 32 victory over the Panthers. Wow, the what Panthers, a game. No kidding. This was, a, this was a, the epitome of a back-and-forth affair. Um, uh, the other team back down, Buckeye was able like, to get a – was able to, to pass a, to battle lead in the fourth quarter, and uh, they were able to ride that out. Um, the, Panthers, the Panthers, all the two and two overall, they are one and two in the GLC. They're going to finish their non-conference schedule next week against Padua. Buckeye is three and one overall. They are two and zero oh in the GLC. Next week comes another phase, another stiff test. They travel to Byers Field to take on Valley Forge. Not to be forgotten as far as the GLC is concerned. Uh, Palmer Heights holy name, 2-1 overall, 1-0 in the conference. They hosted Rocky River at North Wilson Serpentine Field. The Green Wave took a 14-13 lead in the second half, or I'm sorry, into the half, on two rushing touchdowns by Trevor Dotson. The touchdown run by Robert Sherrick then put holy name up 21-13. Uh, that was uh, that lead got erased by a touchdown pass from Braden Spees to Christian Dean uh, for, the, for the Pirates to tie that game over 21 However, the Green Wave put up 22 unanswered points to the Pirates. They go on to a 43-21 victory. The Green Wave, they improved their record to 3 overall. They are 2-0 in the DLC. They will be hosting Parma in Week 5. Rocky River is 2-2 overall. 1-2 in the conference. They will host Normandy. Lastly, Fairview, 1-2 overall, 0-2 in the conference. Looking for their first win in the conference play. Traveled to Byers Field. To take on, they already won. They were one and two in conference play. My bad. One and one in conference play. You need to get that right. They were one and one in conference play. They traveled the Byers Field to take on Parma. Uh, they are the one and two and zero oh and two record uh, in conference play. Um, there, this is a great game, and it came down, uh, came down to the end. Uh, a 15 yard touchdown run by Ian McClintock with under two minutes left provided the final, provided the final cushion. Fairview, the Warriors beat the Parma Redmen. 35 to 28. Um, the Clinton rushed for two total touchdowns. Uh, Declan Jewett uh, threw an 80 yard touchdown pass to Marty Rayher. Uh, Jewett also rushed for two touchdowns. Um, one of the big keys in the play was a 15 yard pass for a first down 
on, uh, on, on a 15-yard pass to do it to Rayner uh, with four minutes left in the apartment 10-yard line to, uh, to help him get to that final score. And the Warriors uh, improved a 2-2 overall, 1-2-1 in the conference. They will travel to Bay in week, uh, in week 5. Parma is 1-3 overall. They are 0-3 in the conference. They, uh, they will travel to Holy Name in Week 5. Our coach of the week for the GLC is Greg Dennison from Buckeye. Uh, big victory. Uh, their first two conference games were against the 2018 co-champions of the GLC, and Buckeye has defeated them both in their first two games in conference play. Uh, so congratulations to uh, Greg Dennison the Buckeye Bucks. Uh, they are, uh, they would look, they, uh, it doesn't get any easier for them. Uh, with a bench up against Sally Forge um, coming up next week. Uh, if, I'm, if I'm Buckeye, uh, I would equate this matchup to um, to their battles with Black River, uh, Sullivan, Black, uh, Sullivan Black River, their old, their old PAC foe. Uh, Black River also runs a triple option. Uh, they, they, they don't pass very often. I think the major difference that you're going to see here between Valley Forge and Black River A's is the size of the school. There are going to be more players for Valley Forge, um, and we'll see. We'll see about their size. Um, I, I saw Valley Forge uh, close in personal last year um, when Brunson played them, and uh, they're pretty big. And so we'll see if Buckeye will be able to handle. Uh, we will handle that uh, going into Week Five. So congratulations again to Coach Fred Dennison, the Player of the Week, also from Buckeye. Chocolate milk's all around for this guy. Jacob Jerry, quarterback from Buckeye, 284 yards rushing. He had four touchdowns in a two-point conversion. He scored 26 points wow. out of the 36 scored by Buckeye that game. Uh, so, uh, Jacob Jerry, congratulations, uh, player of the week for the GLC. Yeah, nice job, Ed. And, you know, in the GLC, a lot of really good games. Um I was intrigued by that game with Buckeye and Elyria Catholic because Elyria Catholic always one of the top teams in uh, the GLC along with Bay, and you know they Buckeye really handed Bay um, a big time loss, and and they got a big win. You know they dominated, which I was a little surprised about. So I wondered how Elyria Catholic uh, would go into Buckeye and and play, and you know that was a very physical, tough game. It seemed like and. Uh, you know, Buckeye gets another big win, and it's not going to get easier. I think this conference is really going to be a, a physical, tough conference to play in with some of these teams. Yeah, I, I agree 100%, Rob. Uh, I, I think what I'm starting to see here, just in, I'm looking at the standings that are, that are right in front of me, but right now, out of the nine teams in the conference, five of them have two wins in the in conference play. Um, you know, with that work work where at least one team is going to be playing a non-conference game every week, uh, I I don't, want to tell you, I, don't, I, mean, I don't have enough experience in this conference yet to, to make a comparison. To make a to make a comparison, if, um, but I think where I where I think this conference can go is exactly where your conference is at right now, Rob, in the Southwestern Conference, where you're going to see a lot of these teams probably beating each other. Um, yeah. Where you know, you know, in your conference, you know, you have a you know Avon and Midview. Once they got in there, they they've done pretty well for themselves. Avon Lakes obviously have been have had a lot of success in that conference as well. Uh, but top to bottom, um, you know, that that mid range between the very very top and the very very bottom, you have a lot of tough you have a lot of tough football going on there. 
and I'm thinking that that's going to be. I'm thinking that's what the comparable the comparable is going to be. The Great Lakes Conference is that Southwestern Conference. That's with the amount of teams in there. Um, everyone is playing. At, there's, there's a conference game pretty much every. You know, starting with week two. So um, I'm, we'll see if a team can separate themselves. Right now, Buckeye Buckeye and Holy Name are undefeated in conference play. Buckeye, uh, they do have a very tough test with Valley Force coming up, uh, and then Holy Name again will be taking on uh, Parma. You know, those, those, you know, there's four Parma schools in this conference that we talked about in the past, so you're going to have a lot of rivalry games pretty much every week uh, between the Parma schools, and you can never, you know, you can never count. I don't think the records really matter for when the teams like Parma and Normandy are playing Valley Forge and Holy Name. Those are going to be wars. It doesn't matter what the records are. So uh, there's no such thing as an easy game in this schedule. Uh, as far as at least right now, from what I can tell, I mean, unfortunately, Normandy 0 and 4, uh, they're not having a whole lot of success, but that can turn around in no time. Yep. So uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how this conference is going to shake out. Uh, you know, a couple big games this week. I mean, Buckeye Valley Forge right now is uh, I would consider that my uh, preliminary game of the week as far as where the um, what, what's at stake and and just the, the level of where they're at from record from workers' perspective. Yeah, absolutely, Ed. Well, great job on uh, the Great Lakes Conference. And uh, any last thoughts um, on the Great Lakes Conference or anything else? Great uh, Lakes Conference, uh, uh, you know, great times. It, it, it's, it's been a great topic to cover so far. Um, absolutely. You know, so those of you who are supporting, so those of you that obviously, you know, the Buc- you know, we've been with Buckeyes for a couple of years, um, but those of you who support the Pharma Schools, um, and some of the West Side schools like Bay, Fairview, Rocky River, Hillary Catholic, uh, continue listening because uh, I'm I will do my best to make sure that you guys are get the proper attention that you deserve um, that that, uh, that that we can offer here. Um, and obviously, with uh, obviously uh, there's a quite a game that uh, occurred. Not what's on tap game of the week. That was a fantastic game, uh, an awesome game. Um, as just Sean said, probably one of the best ones we've had. Um, in the years of covering live games, uh, but the uh, I'm sure I know uh, Josh will be going over this soon. But uh, it was a very, very, very good game between Brunswick and Solon. Um, it's one of the more hard-hitting games I've seen out of uh, out of a Brunswick team in the last couple of years. Um, very physical, very, very physical. Um, but uh, I'll leave that to Josh uh, to talk about here uh, shortly. All right, Ed. Well, great job. Appreciate you coming on again, like you do. Uh every Monday night at this time to cover the Great Lakes Conference. And job well done, and we'll be uh, excited to talk to you next week. Sounds good, guys. Uh, have a great rest of the show. And uh, make, sure you vote for the, uh, make sure you vote for our Player of the Week on Twitter coming up here, folks. Uh, the more interest we get, the more recognition that these find that these players get. So it's all about the players. We want to make sure they get recognized. So uh, continue to check out our Twitter feed and, uh, and make that happen. All right. Great job, Ed. Have a good night, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, that's our own Ed Dick. Is uh, He covers the Great Lakes Conference. And, again, if you want to vote for our Players of the Week or Coach of the Week, go to our Twitter page, at SOT Podcast, and go to our website, sportsontappodcast.com, where we have great write-ups. Um, we have photos on there, pictures, video. Um, we also uh, do the voting, too. You could – get all the information about our podcast right there on our website yeah when it comes to our um our coach of the week poll that comes out on saturday mornings um and then our player of the week poll 
which has been uh, on the rise. It's been uh, one of the hop- hottest polls on Twitter. Uh, we'll actually post that uh, today after the show. Um, last week, um, we'll what, go. What were the stats, Josh? You we're, have them? No, we're going to talk about that later on. No, okay. uh, no spoilers because we have uh, some. We have a format, Rob. Yes, oh, I know. I was actually, just saying the, our the player show of the sheet. week. The votes. People tune in. Yeah, for a the votes are crazy. Format. Yeah, and, and, and you know what? It. If you're on Twitter following us, you would already know that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Rob. so if you're hey, not, I'm just trying. I'm just if you're not, if you're no, missing no, no. out, you need to get on there. Man. ABC, if, baby, always be closing, right, Rob? That's right. If you're not on Twitter, make sure you follow us at SOT Podcast. But now, do you know what? Let's go over to Josh Jeffy, who had those great words about our uh, Twitter and where you can go. Now he has the Greater Cleveland Conference. He'll have some mediocre words about the Greater Cleveland Conference. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just like that, huh? Well, thanks for that segue. Uh, We're going to start week four um, with the – the least competitive game that we had uh, this week, uh, Menor, 73 nothing over Illyria. Oh, wow. Menor continue, continues its undefeated season. Uh, they are 4-0 on the season. That's their first conference win. Illyria drops to 1-3. and Again, this game was all Menor. It was 42 nothing at the end of the first quarter, 52 nothing at the half. Um, and, of course, Menor was led by quarterback Ian Kipp. He had three touchdown passes earlier to this one. They were all to Luke Floria. Uh, and kind of a, um, a highlight note in this game, uh, this was uh, Steve, Coach Steve Trevisano's 200th career uh, victory with the Menor Cardinals. Uh, again, Menor with a 73 to nothing victory over Illyria. And a great game. Uh, pitted two undefeated teams going into this game. Euclid comes out on top, though, 43-35 over Medina. Um, Euclid overcame 18 penalties for 218 yards at this one, uh, and at one point they had a 37-14 lead in this game. Uh, with two minutes and 42 seconds left in the game, uh, Ryan Gillespie had a 29, 29-yard TD run that actually pulled Medina to within eight um, points. Uh, the in this game, uh, Gillespie was a quarterback now. He passed a 22 of 59 for 377 yards and two touchdowns. Medina passed the ball 67 times in this game. So Whoa. they're really um, uh, run-and-shoot type of uh, spread them out, go uh, team for this one. Uh, Medina had three receivers all over 100 yards in this game. Uh, but Euclid, even with the penalties and even with the um, – Fast, a lot of yards by Medina. They were led by uh, Jabir Mujihad. He had 35 rushing attempts for 359 yards, uh, two touchdowns in in this game uh, as Euclid was able to stay on top and and remain undefeated in the this 2019 season. Uh, they are 4-0 on the season, 1-0, 1-0 a conference play. Medina suffers their first loss of the season. They dropped the 3-1. And they are 0-1 in the conference. Uh, another good game that we had, Strongsville also remained undefeated in this one with a narrow 31-25 victory over Shaker Heights, who drops to 1-3, own one in the conference. Now, Shaker jumped out to an early 14-0 victory in this lead. They had touchdowns from LaDon Graham and Adam Diaz. Then Strongsville came back. Uh, it was actually a um, 40-yard field goal by Carson F- I'm sorry, Shaker took the lead with a 25 uh, at 25-23, the 40-yard field goal from uh, Carson Fowler. 
Uh, and then on the ensuing kickoff after that, Garrett Clark had a 97-yard kickoff return for a touchdown, which ended up being the game winner. He also added two rushing touchdowns earlier in the game as Strongsville once again remains undefeated on the year uh, with a 31-25 victory over the Shaker Heights Red Raiders. Now the game that Ed was talking about, he was there because, you know, he's a coach uh, for the team. Uh, Solon comes away with a 33-29 to victory over Brunswick Blue Devils. Uh, Solon improves to 3-1. Brunswick drops to 3-1 on the ceiling. Uh, as Ed mentioned, this was a highly contested matchup. Um, a lot of hard hits in this one. Both teams exchanged touchdowns in the first quarter. In the second quarter, Solon got... Uh, scored two touchdowns, uh, and then went into half with a 19-14 lead in this one. Um, Brunswick scored the only touchdown in the third quarter. Uh, it was a one-yard run by quarterback Jake Charette. Uh, the two-point conversion was good. That made the score 22-19 uh, Brunswick. And then, once again, to start the fourth quarter, Brunswick scored um, on a, a Jacob Charette seven-yard touchdown run uh, in this one. Uh, and then they kind of went back and forth from there. Um, but with eight seconds left in the game, Solon uh, from eight yards out, Solon wide receiver uh, Grant McCurry scored the what would be the game-winning touchdown. Uh, he secured that touchdown reception uh, in this one. Um, Brunswick was led by Jake Charette, 20 carries, 81 yards, three touchdowns for Solon. Pat McQuaid, their quarterback, 23 of 32 for 209 yards, three touchdowns. And we already mentioned him. Grant McCurry, 10 receptions, 129 yards, including uh, and three touchdowns, including the game winner uh, in this one. Um, once again, Brunswick drops to 3-1. and one. Solon improves to 3-1. and one. Um, The Coach of the Week nominee that I had was um, Jim McQuaid of Solon. Uh, for his big-time victory uh, over Brunswick. And the player of the week, I'm going to go with the, another Solon player, wide receiver, Grant McCurry, uh, 10 reception, 129 yards, three touchdowns, including that game winner. So he came up big in that spot. He's going to be my nominee for the GCC player of the week. Week five, uh, some we have one big game, and that kind of um, holds true for uh, at least three out of four here in the group, uh, Ed myself and Rob um, we'll talk about that in a minute but Illyria will travel to Euclid Solon will travel to Shaker Medina will travel to Mentor that's a big game for the Bees going to see how they're going to uh, react after suffering their first conference loss I think they're going to come out firing and then the big game of the week uh, the big rivalry game Strongsville at Brunswick um, again we'll see how Brunswick responds to the tough 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 loss uh, that they suffered last week um, Strongsville you know, struggled a little bit with Shaker Heights. So we'll see how they uh, come out and play. You know, they've had Brunswick's number the past couple of years. And uh, we know Coach Serino for um, Strongsville is looking to really uh, take it to the rival. And uh, Pinzoni, he's been in this rivalry for a long time, so he knows what it's about. And for his team, Brunswick, they're looking to continue to make those steps, uh, to make those growths. You know, they suffered uh, uh, their first loss in the conference um, last week. Let's see how they they respond this week. It's going to be a big matchup. Yeah, you know, I think it's pretty telling for Brunswick. I, I really wanted to see how they'd compete against, a, you know, a, a Solon team that's always there, it seems like, in the end. Um, and they competed. I mean, they had a chance to win the game at, at one point. You know, they were right there. Uh, but this team is definitely making the steps. This year I've seen a huge jump in just the game we went to, and it's not just because we went there. Versus North Royalton, they were very – 
a well-oiled machine in that game, and, and I saw a lot of good things. Um, Menner, I mean, Illyria's actually made some steps even this year to yeah. get better, and it just yeah, shows, you, coach. It shows you where Menner's at. I mean, they're just a, a very good team. I mean, you know, Medina suffers a loss, but they're, they're having a very good year. Up and down, they're, you know, Strongsville, uh, Coach Serino has done a great job getting, yep. getting those Mustangs back on track. They've been very good the last few years. Well, I, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing how, uh, that game between Medina and Menor. I mean, Medina has got that high-powered offense where they just throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, and, and Menor has got the type of defense that can combat that, but they also have the type of offense that can really keep up with it. So that I'm predicting that's going to be a very, very high-scoring game, uh, and it's going to be a very entertaining game if you like long passes and a lot of touchdowns. And Medina usually um, is a team that likes to run the football, too. They have kind of a balanced attack usually, but when you throw, what was it, 67, 67 times? times. I mean, that's crazy. It's interesting to me. You know, you talk about Medina and – all the mistakes they made against uh, Euclid and Euclid being able to weather the, like you said, the fast-paced offense, but also able to take advantage. I mean, they let Medina shoot themselves in the foot. You don't get 18 penalties on accident. That's just that's lack of focus. It's bad execution. Well, yeah, and that's that's actually kind of a I hate to say, it, but that's kind of a Jeff Rotsky team. You know, yeah. they're they're a very aggressive team, right. and and sometimes it leads to undisciplined plays, kind of like what we're seeing from our professional team here. Um, in terms of the Browns, but I mean, we don't need to talk about no, it. No, we're not going to talk about it. I don't want to go on a tangent, but uh, <laughs> I tell you what, the GCC now we're in conference play. We're, you know, we're going to see who separates and and who doesn't, and we know one thing's for sure: these games are going to be competitive. That's for sure. That's absolutely for sure. And you know, there's going to be some really fun uh, games to cover going forward, especially in the GCC and the GLC. To be honest with you, those are both conferences that are fantastic. Uh, to, you know, have really good competition in, in each one of those leagues. We're going to step away now for a break and uh, come back. When we come back, we're going to – Rob's going to break down the Southwestern Conference week number four, or we call it week three in conference play for the Southwestern Conference. Then yours truly will also break down week four in the Suburban League for their first week of conference play. We'll be right back. See you on the other side. Why do you exercise? To look better? To feel better? To drop a few pounds? To train for an event? To defy age? Or to keep your ability to say yes to the things you love to do? Whatever motivates you, G&G Fitness Equipment is here to get you there. Treadmills, ellipticals, rowers, bikes, home gyms, and accessories. We'll pair you with the right equipment, teach you how to use it, and be there every step of your fitness journey. G&G Fitness, your goal is our goal. Listen to our shows live on Mixer or join us the first Monday of every month at Z's Cream and Bean, located at 2706 Boston Road in Hinkley. Want to listen to past shows? Go to our YouTube page or website, www.sportsontappodcast.com. SportsOnTapPodcast.com, the place to go where you can listen to past shows, read featured articles, check out all of our social media updates, plus much, much more. SportsOnTapPodcast.com, the official website of Sports on Tap.
No matter the season, it's always the right time for Z's Cream of Bean. Whether you want to warm up with some of their delicious soups, chilies, or coffees, or sample from their delicious selection of ice cream, shakes, and other cool treats, Z's Cream of Bean has you covered. Visit them at 2706 Boston Road in Hinkley, Ohio, and tell them the guys at Sports on Tap sent you. RRT Productions, specializing in creating sports recruiting videos for all high school athletes. Want to play at the next level? Promote your talents with a video to send colleges. Affordable, experienced, and a high-quality video. Make us your local video production company. Visit our website, rrt-productions.com, and contact us today. RRT Productions, we shoot, we edit, you win for up to the minute info on local high school sports action including photos videos and live updates be sure to follow sports on tap on twitter instagram and like us on facebook Okay, you want to support a great local store that supports Cleveland and Ohio sports. GV Artwork and Design has the best stylish sports apparel, whether it's Cleveland sports, college gear. I've seen high school gear, your favorite sports teams, not just Cleveland. They have it all. Now, a special offer for sports on tap listeners. Use the code ONTAP10 and receive 10% off your full order. Go to gvartwork.com. That's gvartwork.com. GV Art and Design, original and one of a kind. Welcome back to Sports on Tap. It's our Ohio High School football coverage. Week four game recaps. I'm Ron Troutman. Getting you feeling a little tropical because it's been really hot at these football oh, games. Especially the first day of fall and he's playing summer music. Yeah. Well, you know, last week was what? It was almost 85, 90 degrees and 90 humid degrees in Hudson. Yesterday. So, yeah. It was 90 we'll degrees see. yesterday. This week it should be in the 70s. It should be beautiful for uh, some Friday night football this week, and we'll tell you where we're going to be at this Friday coming up. But visit our website first off and foremost at sportsontappodcast.com. A lot of stuff to see there. Um, we also, if you want to archive or go over and listen to all of our archived uh, podcasts, we're on iTunes, YouTube. Most everything, though, is on our website, sportsontappodcast.com. We're at SOT Podcast on Twitter. We're on Facebook, Instagram. And uh, our email, if you want to uh, send us photos, if you want to send us information about your team statistics, sportsontappodcast at gmail.com. We've gotten some really awesome pictures um, that we had the chance to put on our website um, from a uh, north or actually an Olmstead Falls uh, mom who uh, is on the sidelines taking pictures. And uh, her name is Julie. And she sent them. So go check those out. She did a great job. There's some really 
fun uh, pictures of the athletes kind of when uh, they're celebrating and making some catches and tackles and all that. So it's kind of cool. So send them to our uh, uh, Gmail account, and uh, we'll – Either get them on our website or talk to you about it and then put them on our website. Not just pictures, statisticians. Yeah, statisticians that helps out for there. the show. Guys, if you want to send us your stats, make sure we get them. I mean, read them on air. We will definitely do that at sotpodcast at gmail.com or post it on the website. We'll figure it out somehow. But, but those, <laughs> that's how we get the most accurate information is from you guys, the statisticians. Yep. If, you, if you need to drop us a line, give us some stats so that we can sound like we're semi-educated when we're doing these recaps. That's right. Going forward. But, Rob, what happened in week four of the Southwestern Conference? All right. Week four in the SWC started off with Berea Midpark traveling to Avon, and Avon dominated really from uh, the get-go in this one as they jumped out to a big lead early. It was 21 nothing after one quarter. Nick Parasek. Uh, scored three touchdowns. He had 14 rushes for 117 yards, and that was only in the first half. So they would score 21 points uh, in the first and second quarters. And during the third quarter, they would only score one time, um, and that's when Berea Midpark would score once by sophomore Jack Arnold, who caught six passes for 49 yards and a touchdown. But this game was all Avon, as Avon wins big and stays undefeated at 4-0, 3-0 in conference with a 49 to 13 win. Berea Midpark falls to 0-4, 0-3 in West Lake traveling to Avon Lake. And I know the Demons probably knew this one wasn't going to be easy. As Avon Lake, they're ranked 14th in Division II in the state rankings. And they showed exactly why. As Avon Lake's defense, they held Westlake to 62 total yards in that first half. And the first drive... Uh, culminated into a two-yard pitch and catch from Michael Corbo to senior Nathan Sidlowski. And the second touchdown came when Michael Corbo hit Matt Olstrom from 23 yards. And just like that, Avon Lake, they led 21 to nothing in the game. And in the third quarter, Avon Lake, they would score quick and put the game away. Um, they weren't messing around in this game. And the first score came on Michael Corbo, a long touchdown run. Then running back Mason Wheeler, he wanted to get in the action, too, on a 35-yard touchdown run. It was 35 to nothing, and there were still over nine minutes to play in the third quarter. The Shoremen, their defense, you got to give them credit. They held Westlake to just 135 yards of total offense. Avon Lake now has won three in a row since that week one loss versus Avon. They win big 49 to nothing. Mason Wheeler, he led the Shoremen with 85 rushing yards on just seven carries, while Jeremy Santiago had 71 yards on a score on just – he had 71 yards and a touchdown on two carries in this game. Michael Corbo rushed three times for 64 yards. That's it? Yeah. After after last uh, week's 500-plus yard performance? Well, he was yeah. tired, Josh. Oh, oh my bad. I'm yeah, that was a You try running yard, 500 so. yards and then. But Avon Lake, they improved to 3-1, and 2-1 and one in conferences. Westlake, they fall to 0-4 and 0-3. and All right, moving on. Down the line is North Ridgeville. They uh, traveled to Olmstead Falls, and the Bulldogs are always tough at home, and they scored early and wanted to, to probably set the mood here at Olmstead Falls Bulldog Park and not take anything for granted in this one. As they got ahead early in the first quarter, the Bulldogs, they only threw four times in this game, but ran the ball with ten different running backs. Really? Wow. Yeah. They have Spreading ten running backs? Up. They had they ran it with all kinds of different running backs. Everybody had a chance to run the ball here. Never happened when I played high school ball. When uh, gotta well, have speed, my friend. That's right. <laughs> I have 
lightning quick speed. Well, he could have been uh, the refrigerator. I Michael mean, Dean Parrott leading the way for Olmstead Falls was running back Alec Wall, who ran for 103 yards and two touchdowns. Other big contributors uh, in this game scoring some touchdowns were Andrew Parkowski. He had nine rushes, 84 yards, and two touchdowns. Devontae Boyd had six carries for 80 yards and two touchdowns. Charlie Selick and Stephen Ellis also scored touchdowns as well in this game. The Bulldogs had 441 yards of total offense as North Ridgeville falls 56-27 to in this game. Um, Ridgeville now 0-4, 0-3 in conference as Homestead Falls stays undefeated as they are now 4-0, 3-0 in conference play. Lakewood, the Rangers, the other Rangers, they took on the Midview Middies, and it was a really a sloppy first half by both teams. Seven turnovers and ten penalties in the first half, but Middies, Zach Gill, I'll tell you what, this kid made the most of his actions uh, in this game. He hauled in ten passes for 162 yards and three touchdowns. Gill also had a one-yard touchdown run and intercepted a pass. Lakewood, they fumbled on the first play in this game, and the middies would take advantage, and that led to a 7-0 uh, count early on. Zach Gilley picked off Rangers quarterback Albert Wilhelmy um, at the Lakewood 29-yard uh, line, leading to a six-yard slant from Surdock to Gill. Again, it was 16-3 with 38 seconds left in the half, but the Rangers wouldn't give up, and they answered 34 seconds later. On a Pete Patsuris, uh, 18-yard touchdown grab. It was 16-10. to The second half was a different story, though, for the Middies, who would score four times and go ahead and get a big win, 49-31. to And the Lakewood Rangers, though, put up some points, 31 points on the Middies. So good job by Lakewood. And, you know, they're really competing a lot, a little bit differently this year. They're 0-4, 0-3, but still putting up points. And you see the progress by the Rangers as Midview – Improves to three and one, two and one in conference, and it was Ethan Surdock, the quarterback, the sophomore quarterback for Midview. He had 26 of 35 for 293 yards and four touchdowns. Amherst and North Olmstead, and this was going to be a really good game. Um, both teams up at the top in the uh, Southwestern Conference, and junior quarterback Tyler Brazina. Uh, he started off the scoring uh, with a running back, Tory Weatherspoon, in the end zone on a nine-yard pass. It was 7 nothing late in the first quarter. Brazina then would connect with senior wide receiver Alex Woods on an 11-yard touchdown strike. Amherst jumped out to a 14 nothing lead in this game. And North Olmstead's defense, they did force a turnover and stop the offense, uh, but the Eagles could not capitalize and score on those. Uh, and then late in the second quarter, a uh, senior wide receiver for the Eagles of North Olmstead, Samuel Roach, caught a nine-yard touchdown pass from junior quarterback Anthony Guerquio, cutting the Comets' lead at 22-7 to at halftime. Amherst would outscore North Olmstead in the second half 10-7 to to stay undefeated in this, in this game as Amherst, uh, the final score, 32-14. to And this was a tough physical battle as Amherst gets a big win there as they stay undefeated and Amherst improves to 4 0 3 0 in conference as North Olmstead falls to 2 and 2 2 and 1. 
Again, Amherst 32-14 winner. It was Amherst quarterback Tyler Brezina when he went 13 of 22 for 182 yards and four touchdowns and 20 yards rushing also in the game. Now looking ahead uh, to week five in the Southwestern Conference, here's uh, some of the matchups. We have Avon still undefeated, takes on a one-loss Midview team as they travel to Midview. Avon Lake takes on North Ridgeville. North Olmstead takes on Lakewood. And Berea Midpark travels to Westlake. And a big game uh, we'll get to uh, a little bit later. Um, if you didn't hear a few teams, you'll know why. But uh, our, my Southwestern Conference Player of the Week is Mitty's wide receiver, Zach Gill. And he was an unbelievable wide receiver in this game. He had 10 passes for 162 yards, three touchdowns. He had uh, also intercepted a pass in this game and really made an impact against a, a good Lakewood team this year. So congratulations to Midview wide receiver Zach Gill. You're the Southwestern Conference Player of the Week. So, guys, you know, I think it's interesting when you look at um, some of the standings we'll go over really quickly before we get to Sean in the Suburban League. Amherst, we have three undefeated teams, Amherst, Avon, and Olmstead Falls, and two of those teams are going to play coming up this Friday, so one of those teams won't be undefeated anymore. The Shoreman and Midview, um, Avon Lake and Midview at 3-1, and one. Um, overall as North Olmstead at 2-2, two and two, and then Berea Midpark, Lakewood, North Ridgeville, and Westlake all at 0-4. and four. But the Shoremen have won three in a row now, um, and you look at Amherst, Avon, and Olmstead Falls all winning four in a row. Obviously one of those teams won't be, won't we be. know, um, after this Friday. So that's a Southwestern Conference right there for you. Um, as always, a bloodbath. Yeah. As always, a meat grinder. As yep. always, teams are starting to position themselves for playoff runs and things like that in the Southwestern Conference. But again, we're getting into that time of yeah. year where seasons are defined over the next, what, really next three, four weeks. Yeah, I think um, you start seeing teams just separate, yep. you know, like the Amherst, Avon, and Olmstead Falls. You know, they're 4 Obviously, Avon, yeah. Avon's the team to beat right yeah. now. Avon's always right there, so... Um, you know, Coach Heller does a great job getting those players ready, and and they continue to win. That getting that week one win over Avon Lake, thirteen to twelve, was a big win for them, and and they've been wrong. But Avon Lake, they you know had that loss, and they easily yep. could have been like, oh man, that's not good. But they, they come back, and, they responded well. Yeah, they responded. So now, without further ado, please all the ado you need. <laughs> Let's go to Sean Duffy for the Suburban League, American and National Division. Thank you, Rob. And it was a, the beginning of conference play in the Suburban League. We're going to start out in in the National Division in the Brexville Broadview Heights Fighting Bees. Welcomed in Stowe, who was coming off a fantastic victory over Solon in Week 3. Uh, this one was a back-and-forth game. Brexville quarterback Joe Labas finished the game with 246 yards passing, three touchdowns. Uh, two of those are, came through the air, one th uh, via the rush. Running back for Brexville, Garrett Kibitz, 31 carries, 148 yards. He had two touchdowns. This game went into overtime uh, because every time Stowe scored and, and for Stowe, running back Xavier Preston had two touchdowns uh, on the ground as well as Owen Bainbridge chipped in with a passing touchdown. But this is pretty much how it went. Stowe would score, Brexville would answer. Stowe would score, Brexville would answer. All the way through overtime when Brexville finally was able to slow down the Stowe offense and get a overtime win. 
Brexville improves to two and two, one and zero in the in the national division. Stowe falls to three and one, zero and one in the division. Uh, wow. Brexville will play North Royalton. I'm sorry, Brexville will go to Hudson in week five, whereas Stowe will travel to North Royalton. Speaking of the Bears in North Royalton, they welcomed in the Black Tigers of Cuyahoga Falls, and it was all Bears all night as they reach a 42-20 win. North Royalton improves to 3-1, and one, and as I mentioned, they will host Stowe in week five. Twinsburg, I'm sorry, Cuyahoga Falls will host Twinsburg. They fall to 2-2. Two and two. Nordonia versus Twinsburg. Nordonia had touchdowns on the ground from Sal Perrine, uh, Mar- Marvoon, Johnson and Billy Levac, as well as Billy Levac as quarterback, had sixty had a sixty nine yard touchdown pass to John Landers uh, in this one as they cruise to a road victory thirty eight to ten over the Twinsburg Tigers. Uh, Nordonia will host Wadsworth in Week Five. Twinsburg's only score came when the game was pretty much decided late in the fourth quarter. Uh, they Twinsburg falls to one and three, and Twinsburg, as I mentioned, will host. I mean, we'll travel to Cuyahoga Falls. Wadsworth played Hudson in what was one of the best games we've seen since covering live games. We'll get to that during the game of the week breakdown. Now we move over to the American Division, and Copley was traveling in to face Kent Roosevelt, and Kent Roosevelt was the, up for the challenge as, as quarterback Christian Detweiler had two passing touchdowns and a rushing touchdown, and the Kent and the Kent Roosevelt Rough Riders were able to punch two in on the ground as well. Copley quarterback Joe Rio had a passing touchdown, and Copley running back uh, had a 80-yard punt return for a touchdown and a two-yard touch, re- t- touch two-yard rushing touchdown. That was Mr. Taylor. Uh, he was able to uh, jump in, but it just wasn't enough as Roosevelt holds off Copley 31 to 20. Roosevelt improves to two and two on the year. Copley falls to one and three. Copley will play a non-conference game hosting uh, Akron East. Roosevelt will travel to Highland. Speaking of Highland, they had a tall order coming into play at Highland Stadium against the Barberton Magics, and the Magics, we were on fire all night. Magics quarterback Chase Haywood only threw the ball 12 times, connecting on nine of those passes for 181 yards and two passing touchdowns. He also had a 31-yard touch, 31 yards rushing and one rushing touchdown. Guys, get this. Four Four, I'm sorry, three different running backs scored for the Magics. Caleb Vega, Cameron Macon, and Kenneth Hood all had rushing touchdowns. Highland just could not get out of their own way. It was pretty much Barberton's game from the opening whistle. They did see some scores from Bryce Prophet to Jake Osborne with a for a 19-yard touchdown pass, and running back Brady Lander. Linder would score on a 10-yard touchdown run, but Barberton was able to roll Highland 49-17. to Highland falls to 0-4 on the year. Barberton to three and one. Barberton will host Revere in week two, and as I mentioned, Roosevelt will host Highland. Uh, Talmadge versus Revere, and this game was a back and forth battle all night, and it came down to one thing and one thing only. And my former compadre, my my cohort, my associate, my man, my 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 guy, wait, 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 my what? guy down the road, uh, man. my man down the road. I was going to say my guy down the road, but that's, that sounds weirder too. <laughs> But it came down to a special teams play as Talmadge was able to outlast. I'm sorry, Revere was able to outlast Talmadge. Uh, basically, this came down to a blocked extra point kick as Nathan Klanowski for the Revere Minutemen had two touchdowns, uh, both to Lo- one to Logan Weinert and one to Shane Slattery. Talmadge quarterback Drew Gross had two touchdowns as well, both of those to 
wide receiver Evan Teeling. Um, both, but this again, as I mentioned, came down to a blocked extra point, uh, which allowed Revere to escape with a 17-16 victory. Revere improves to three and one. Talmadge uh, falls to one and three on the year. Talmadge will host Aurora. Revere will host. Barberton. And speaking of Aurora, Aurora was our lone non-conference game in the in the Suburban League this this week, and they had their hands full as they faced Pat, as they hosted Padua. Padua was up thirteen to nothing at half, and the the Green Men of Aurora needed two late touchdowns to secure a victory. One of those came as AJ Barner f- uh, recovered a fumble for a touchdown, and Anthony Graham ripped off a fifty-five yard touchdown run. Aurora. 4-0 and right now, and as they open their conference play, as I mentioned, against Talmadge, they will travel to Talmadge in Week 5. Coach of the Week, got to go to Jeff Goff. We'll tell you why in our Game of the Week segment because that's a fantastic breakdown. And my Player of the Week in the Suburban League is none other than Magic's quarterback, Chase Haywood of Barberton. Had a great game, 9-12, 181 yards, two touchdowns, 31 yards rushing and one rushing touchdown. Guys, that's all that's all it's fit to print for the Suburban League. I'm telling you right now, this is an interesting breakdown because Stowe losing to Brexville at Brexville, kind of an upset in the uh in in the America I'm sorry, in the national division. And Revere starting to find their footing a little bit in the in the American division. Now, surprisingly, Rose Kent Roosevelt's at two and two and one and zero in the conference. It's gonna be interesting to see how they respond in week in week five. Yeah, you know what? I think I was more surprised with Brexville and I I think Brexville yeah. is a really good team but Stowe was on a little bit of a roll and I for a while I'm like man I don't know if they're going to be beat because they were playing at such a high level and Brexville comes in and and uh, surprises me a little bit there but uh big time win there for uh, the bees the bees no I mean it's it, it's a great win and you wonder if you know a lot of the research I did on on cleveland.com and Akron Beacon Journal and and Medina Gazette uh, really pointed to the Stowe's coach did mention that maybe it was a little bit of a hangover effect from that big win over Solon. I mean, that's an emotional win. That's a huge win for your program. It's hard to maybe focus and turn the attention to a team like Brexville who, you know, they came in at one and two and maybe they didn't take them seriously enough. And this is what happens in the season. If you got to be focused, you got to understand that each team every Friday night's a new set of is a new opportunity for teams to win. Brexville's put themselves in a really good position. Um, you know, obviously we'll get to the Wadsworth-Hudson matchup. I think that went a long way to define the, the national division. Um, right now I think it's Barberton-Aurora for the American division. I wouldn't count out Revere, kind of being a spoiler there. Uh, all the other teams, you know, you kind of feel for Highland right now. They just cannot find their, a way to get a victory here. Uh, hopefully they can turn things around as they will uh, they will ho- they will play uh, re- maybe Kent Roosevelt next week. Maybe they can get on the winning side of things. Again, Kent Roosevelt's not an easy out either. So, it's going to be interesting to see how these uh, teams respond. Uh, but, you know, Revere obviously going out. I'm sorry, Revere uh, Copley has that non-conference game. Copley's one and three, a little bit of a surprise there. But we'll see how it shakes out. But, again, my, my player of the week is Chase Haywood. I mean, Barberton is just outside of that loss, that, that loss to, to uh, Stowe. To, to Stowe? Yeah, I think they lost at home to Stowe. Yeah, they, they did. They lost at home to Stowe. Um, and Which that, that's what I thought, yeah. you know, Stowe was on a little bit of a, a roll and they yep. continued to, uh, you know, beat some really good teams and, and Brexville is a good team though. There's no doubt about that. Well, the good thing about, I mean, uh, the positive I would say for Barberton is that that doesn't, that loss doesn't hurt you as bad as a loss to say, you know, uh, uh, in conference, especially to, you know, a team that can come up and snake bite you. You know, I think this is coming down to Barberton Aurora. I really do. 
I'd like to see Revere get in there, but I just think Revere kind of shoots themselves in the, in the foot a little bit. But we'll see how it all shakes out. I'm excited for week five in the Suburban League. Well, nice job, Sean, with the Suburban League. And uh, when we come back, you know, I didn't even say my coach of the week, but it was Matt Kostelnik from Avon Lake. And we'll go over our coaches poll that had uh, Jeff Goff of Hudson. It was Matt Kostelnik of Avon Lake, Jim McQuaid of Solon, and Greg Dennison of Buckeye. We'll tell you the final results of that. We'll tell you our player of the week, where you can vote. Go to sportsatetpodcast.com. Much more coming up with our game of the week and where we'll be at on Friday. All coming up, we are Sports on Tap. Now, listen to a few of our sponsors. Why do you exercise? To look better? To feel better? To drop a few pounds? To train for an event? To defy age? Or to keep your ability to say yes to the things you love to do? Whatever motivates you, G&G Fitness Equipment is here to get you there. Treadmills, ellipticals, rowers, bikes, home gyms, and accessories. We'll pair you with the right equipment to teach you how to use it and be there every step of your fitness journey. G&G Fitness. Your goal is our goal. Listen to our shows live on Mixer or join us the first Monday of every month at Z's Cream and Bean, located at 2706 Boston Road in Hinkley. Want to listen to past shows? Go to our YouTube page or website, www.sportsontappodcast.com. sportsontappodcast.com the place to go where you can listen to past shows read featured articles check out all of our social media updates plus much much more sportsontappodcast.com the official website of sports on tap no matter the season it's always the right time for z's cream of bean whether you want to warm up with some of their delicious soups chilies or coffees or sample from their delicious selection of ice cream shakes and other cool treats z's cream of bean has you covered visit them at 2706 boston road in hinkley ohio and tell them the guys at sports on tap sent you rrt productions Specializing in creating sports recruiting videos for all high school athletes. Want to play at the next level? Promote your talents with a video to send colleges. Affordable, experienced, and a high-quality video. Make us your local video production company. Visit our website, rrt-productions.com, and contact us today. RRT Productions. We shoot. We edit. You win. For up-to-the-minute info on local high school sports action, including photos, videos, and live updates, be sure to follow Sports on Tap on Twitter, Instagram, and like us on Facebook. Okay, you want to support a great local store that supports Cleveland 
in Ohio sports. GV Artwork and Design has the best style of sports apparel. Whether it's Cleveland sports, college gear, I've seen high school gear, your favorite sports teams, not just Cleveland, they have it all. Now, a special offer for Sports on Tap listeners. Use the code ONTAP10 and receive 10% off your full order. Go to gvartwork.com. That's gvartwork.com. GV Art and Design, original and one of a kind. Welcome back to Sports on Tap. I'm your host, Rob Traubman. It's our Ohio High School football coverage week four game recap. You know, you know what I love about this show? That it's tough to be on when you're muted. That, well, that. <laughs> but, like, we don't get, we don't figure this whole – we don't get this running like a well-oiled machine until about week eight. And then it's like two weeks of just solid programming, and then we go away and have to come back you know and what? relearn Nobody it. knows, though. Yeah, I mean. no one knows. But, I mean, we just literally – it takes us about eight weeks to get it going, and then we're ready to rock and right. roll. We're doing yeah, okay. No we're doing deal. Just, just doing fine. Totally fine. Totally well, fine. welcome Just back. don't let the board go off again. That's right. We went through – the Great Lakes Conference, their sure week four games uh, and how those ended up. The Greater Cleveland Conference, the Southwestern Conference, the Suburban League. You know it. And now we're going to tell you our G&G Fitness Coach of the Week poll um, that was really interesting. And also last week we had our uh, week three RRT Productions Player of the Week. And uh, I have never seen votes and in, in stats like this, but we had Drew Leitner from Hudson Armando Nye from Buckeye, Michael Corbo from Avon Lake, and Luke Hensley from Medina. Medina, know who won? And dude, there were over a thousand votes in this. Thousand and two votes. Thousand and two votes. Thank you to all one thousand and two yeah. of you. Well, one thousand and one. Whoever voted, voted so. you know, we appreciate you guys voting and supporting um, these high school athletes because it is very impressive to see. Um, and you know, they feel good. You know. Uh, a lot of these guys, Luke Hensley, you know, had a nice comment to us, and we want to thank him for, uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, sending over a nice message on Twitter. And uh, he was the winner at 56% of the vote. Drew Leitner of Hudson was second Ooh. with 31%. Armando Nye and Michael Corbo were right there as well. Um, yeah, and, and it was funny as we were watching these, uh, you know, this poll, because it's uh, up on our site. Uh, it's pinned at the very top of our profile. Uh, where you can vote, and and for a while it was, uh, you know, Luke Hensley that was really out on top, you know, eighty eighty percent of the votes, and then you got to give props to the the folks down in Medina, the fans of the Medina Bees football team. They really went out in droves and, and went onto our Twitter page and voted. Would you say they swarmed to Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could. See what I did there? Bees and swarm. <laughs> yeah, but then uh, the fans of Hudson, they started to explore our Twitter page. Whoa! And uh, really started voting and brought uh, Drew's um, – brought Drew up a little bit uh, to uh, – he finished second with uh, 31% of the vote. So um, <laughs> good for him. Uh, good for Drew that he came up. 
and uh, and really made it a close. But uh, we appreciate everyone voting. Um, and as usual, that was our RT Productions Player of the Week poll. We also have our G&G Fitness Coach of the Week poll. And uh, those results um, are in. Yeah, and they are. And and, but first, let's thank G&G Fitness, too. They support um, a lot of the coaches. And, and um, one thing they wanted to do was appreciate, you know, the coaches. They all take time um, out of their schedule to really – teach these athletes on and off the field so um, they do a great job go to G&G Fitness um, they're on Twitter at G&G Fitness um, EQ and you go to livefit.com um, go to their website um, you could vote for different coaches it doesn't just have to be football it could be of any sport um, and uh, they'll enter them into a raffle um, but they have a lot of good stuff there um, with G&G Fitness, and, um, you know, they have a lot of fitness equipment you can look at and all that. So we want to thank them for uh, supporting our Coach of the Week. And we had Jeff Goff of Hudson after that. Um, I mean, I think we could just jump right into it. Yeah. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. No, Go you're list, right. List it. No, our so winner we had Jeff from... Goff, uh, Matt Kostelnik, uh, Jim McQuaid of Solon, and Greg Dennison of uh, Buckeye. Yep. So. And the winner is... And the winner of our Week 4 G&G Fitness Coach of the Week poll was Jeff Goff of Hudson. Ooh, baby. 71%. There were 187 votes. Yep. And uh, congratulations to Jeff Goff. Um, you know, we'll be going over our Game of the Week, which featured Wadsworth and Hudson. Uh, obviously, with uh, him getting the vote, you kind of know who won there. But what a heck of a game. A Wait till game. you hear us I'm- give the game recap coming up. I, th- I think we're ready. I think. Is there anything left? No. Just well, let's get into it. Let's get into the. Let's get. All let's right. get into the reason why Coach Golf won. Coach All right. of the week. You know, let's get into it. The Explorers. They're one and two coming into this game. The Grizzlies two and one. They're back into suburban league play here, and uh, you know both these teams. They're looking to really get into it. Um, but the Grizzlies defense. They were um, able to force a thirty-five yard field goal from Junior kicker Jake Vidmar to start it off it was three to nothing with 852 left and Vidmar um this is a kid that looked like he can really kick a football I he mean ki- he kicked the ball he was very accurate from that distance and and you know he he was it, it was very con- he was very confident you know I don't know kickers very well I wish Ed was on the phone to tell us what that mean what it means yeah, but what- you could really tell he wasn't he was very confident in his setup and in his approach and you know put it right through the uprights yeah, so then Wadsworth offense, um, Anthony Serino, a sophomore wide receiver for uh, Wadsworth, re- had a 32-yard uh, return, and that set a- up the Grizzlies in Hudson territory at the 45-yard line. And, and senior quarterback for Wadsworth, uh, Trey Schaefer, um, would connect three plays later with junior wide receiver Barrett Labus for a seven-yard touchdown pass, and Wadsworth was up 7-3 to three, uh, with 6-10 remaining in the first quarter here. Yeah, it was it was an impressive drive, but the, what really helped them out was that kickoff. Serino just was able to you know find a seam and get right over midfield. And I mean, they, when you're playing a short field like that with a team like Wadsworth, it didn't take them long to figure out you know what they could do. And that was it for the first quarter. It was seven to three. Yeah. So low scoring game. Yeah, low first. scoring game. It was kind of a defensive game. It went back and forth. But Hudson, they did open the second quarter with a one yard touchdown run by junior quarterback Jacob Paltani, and you would hear about him as uh, Hudson now led 10-7 to with 10.51 remaining in the half. 
But then, you know, Wadsworth, they came back on the next possession and put a 69-yard drive together. It was capped off by a 31-yard touchdown pass from Schaefer to junior wide receiver Ethan Karecki. And Wadsworth, they then were on top 14-10 with 6.53 remaining in the half. What was interesting about both that, that exchange you just went over, Rob, was, you know, for the majority of the remainder of the first quarter, um, Hudson had the ball and they were driving and they were pounding the ball and they were able to dr- drain some of the clock off so that when the second quarter started, it was like two plays into the second quarter, they were in the end zone. And then for Wadsworth to just respond and go down and be very and it was very deliberate. They weren't they weren't doing things. They weren't doing gadget plays. They weren't they were just continuing to run the ball. They were continuing to, to kind of poke and prod and, and quick passes across the middle. And it was a very it was a very impressive drive to kind of right the ship and take that fourteen to ten lead. And then Hudson, they would add another field goal as uh, Vidmar, this time from 33 yards. Wadsworth, though, they still led 14-13 to 13 with 30 or 3.52 left in the half. And Hudson's defense, though, they were very impressive as they were able to force a quick three and out from the Grizzlies, and they took over on the Wadsworth 49 um, late in the first half. And Hudson, they would score as time ran out on the half on a one-yard touchdown run from quarterback Jacob Paltani. Hudson, they led going into half 20-14 to 14 as the first half came to a close. That was really impressive by Hudson. Um, you know, they responded. They didn't get down when Wadsworth went, marched right down the field. They got they forced that field goal, another Vidmar field goal. Um, and then, you know, their defense stepped up. You know, they, were, they figured some things out on Wadsworth's offense, forced that three and out. And, uh, you know, Really good management of the clock, understanding the the, the, the down and distance, understanding the, the time in the game for the half to get points on the board. I thought, you know, it was a really interesting use of, of obviously, their their number one playmaker was Paltani. Um, but also, Drew Leitner was, was, you know, kind of gashing him a little bit on that drive as yeah. well. He was able to pop off some quick runs and things like that. You know, in my notes, I just said, you know, Paltani was kind of the one, it almost felt like, the Wads, the Grizzlies defense was like focused when it came to the run, they were focused on Leitner. So when they were doing kind of an RPO or maybe a quick handoff, something like that, and Peltani would pull the ball down, they weren't spying the quarterback very, or whoever was supposed to be spying the quarterback wasn't doing a great job on that, at least on that last drive because yeah. Peltani and Drew Leitner kind of ripped off two runs. And then you also add in a couple of the receivers who doing good downfield blocking. It was an, it was impressive drive to end the half and take a 20 to 14 lead going into halftime against a team that's you know been pretty good and and you and again Hudson being the team that's kind of let lead slip away kind of let the momentum kind of overtake them in the first couple games against big teams this was another big test for the Hudson Explorers and they were and so far they answered the bell yeah and you know it was impressive though as Wadsworth they got the ball to start the third quarter and they put together a 70 yard drive in Six minutes and seven yeah. seconds came off that clock. Yeah, I mean that was that was really you could tell that the Wadsworth coaching staff understood that they could control the pace of the game with the running with their running game and to drain almost half of the third quarter on one drive. Yeah, was really really impressive and to come away with points. A lot of times you see that where teams can you know four yards in a cloud of dust and and eat up that clock but only come away with a field goal. They were able to punch that in for a score and I believe take a twenty one twenty lead after the end of that drive and then you know we, we go from there <laughs> yeah as it was wide receiver anthony serino would score on a five-yard touchdown run wadsworth led 21 to 20 with 553 remaining 
in the quarter. And the next play, Hudson quarterback had the ball, and they snapped it over his head. Um, and it was recovered in the end zone. What a play by yeah. Jack Grice, the linebacker. He just pounced on it, which, you know, usually you try to pick it up and then try to pounce. He just fell on it right in the end zone. It was a big score, 28-20 to 20 with 535 left in the third quarter. And you thought momentum might have been changing Absolutely. a little bit right there as Absolutely. back-to-back scores. You know, one thing we forgot to mention was Wadsworth was without their running back, Don Laparo, who got injured late in the second yeah. quarter. And Anthony Serino, the sophomore, kind of played that. I'm sorry, La- Barrett Labis kind of stepped in and played that running back role, which allowed Anthony Serino to kind of get a lot more playing time as the primary wide receiver um, on a couple of sweeps and things like that. So, you know, credit to Wadsworth there, able to kind of overcome some adversity down a, a, a big uh, a big part of their offense and able to put together that drive. And then defensively, Jack Rice, who – would come into play later in the game, but was also, I mean, on defense, that guy was everywhere. Yeah. He was really giving Hudson problems. He was making plays. He did a great job. Um, but, yeah, falls on the on the ball in the, in, in the end zone, scores a touchdown. All of a sudden, Wads was up 28-21. But what I noticed from the booth where I was sitting was I looked at the scoreboard, and I'm like, okay, the two bad things happened, back-to-back touchdowns, but you're still within – it's still a one-score game for yeah. Hudson. And I think that's what the message from Coach Goff was, was, hey, guys, the worst thing just happened. We let them score two touchdowns quickly, but we're only down by a touchdown right now. Nothing's hurt. we got to go back and execute, and I think that's what they did. Yeah, I was more impressed, too, with both these teams. You know, if one got down, um, you can't count either one of these teams out because then Hudson, they started on their 30-yard line, but the Explorers, they put together a 70-yard scoring drive, and it was capped off by another five-yard touchdown run by uh, Paltani and Wadsworth. They did lead 28-27 with 436 remaining, but a huge score by Hudson just to climb back again. You know, the Wadsworth scores twice, and Hudson didn't really get down on themselves. They went down, put a nice drive together, and scored. But then the Grizzlies, they were deep again in Hudson in. Hudson territory, but the defense of Hudson this yeah. time stepped up and forced a turnover on downs as uh, the third quarter came to a close with Wadsworth leading 28-27. That was huge for Hudson. One to one to answer, like you said, and and yeah, Paltani gets credit for the for the touchdown, but I also want to point out the offensive line was blocking well. Drew Leitner was able to to rattle off some runs. They weren't they weren't flashy runs, but they were, you know, getting the job done runs. They were Putting in the dirty work runs, they were getting, they were moving chains, setting up nice plays for Palatani to move, and then the defensive effort. I mean, the bend don't break because it was easily going into that shootout type thing where they one team scores, the other team answers back and forth. The Hudson Explorers got down, and I'm telling, I'm telling you, it was all on the. They were what first? It was fourth and goal, I think, right or fourth and yeah, fourth and. I mean, they were in the red zone for sure, mm-hmm. and they just stopped them. They they made a play, and that's exactly what you know. Coach Goff was preaching on the sideline was make a play, make a play, make a play, and do the best. And you know what I'm saying, and do and do what they need to do. Um, it was very very interesting and very. I mean, it it really rallied that crowd at Hudson to them, uh, to to the cause because after that fumble recovery in the end zone, it got real quiet in Hudson yep. at Hudson Stadium. But that kind of rejuvenated the crowd. Now we're going into the fourth quarter, and it's a 28-27 game at that point. Yeah, and Hudson um, would answer on a 76-yard touchdown pass to Luke McLaughlin, um, who really, I mean, in stride, a perfect pass. He caught it. It was 34-28 Hudson. 
Uh, Wadsworth, again, they tried on fourth down and would not get it. And, you know, it went back and forth. Wadsworth would find some uh, magic late in the fourth quarter when uh, Schaefer, or Schaefer rather, and Karecki, they would hook up again on a 46-yard touchdown throw and catch. The Grizzlies had a 35-34 league with 3.03 left, and you knew this was going to be a fun ending. Yeah, I mean, it, it had all the makeup. It had all the makings for a classic ending, and it started with Hudson getting really good field position. If I remember correctly, they were on they were on the they were on the Wadsworth side of the field, and they were looking to drive. And, and you know they what had happened was McLaughlin, I believe, caught the ball and tried yeah. to turn up field. And the guy who scored it on the defense, Jack Grice, came up to tackle and punched the ball out. And the ball all along the sideline for whatever tiptoed on the sideline for whatever it stayed in bounds against all logic and physics <laughs> stayed in bounds recovered by Wadsworth and everybody kind of it really sucked the air out of this out of the stadium but to the credit of Hudson again they were able to right the ship they had I think three time two time two or three timeouts left and they were able to stop the clock they were able to let Wadsworth you know uh you know they were a, a couple big sacks that were helped them out that pushed them back and forced Wadsworth to punt the ball Again, with good field position. I mean, that Hudson yeah. at the end of the game won the field position battle. No matter what happens, you have to give credit to Hudson's defense putting their offense in a position to win the game. Yeah, and you know, I thought it was it was a great job by Hudson. They stopped Wadsworth. Wadsworth had a, the ball with a minute 20. Yeah. And all you do is get one first down, the game's, game's over. over yeah. But uh, they ran three times, and, and Hudson stopped them, so they had to punt. Hudson, though, would get really good field position and uh, get it into Wadsworth territory. They would take the ball down to the 36-yard line. When it got a little crazy. It did get a little it, crazy. I was almost confused. I was in back of the field goal post waiting to see, all right, are they going to yeah. try for a field goal? What's going to go on? Either way, probably a Hail Mary is going to happen. Something. Here's here. Let me break down what happened. And I and I, it's the one thing I didn't do. In, in the one thing, guys. One thing. That I kind of kicked myself in because it was so hard for me to wrap my brain around what had happened. Leading up to the final moments of this game, there was an offsides penalty. They put Hudson in really makeable field goal position. Then on the very next play, there was a false start penalty, which brought them back to where they were just a little bit on the far end of the range of the kicker. Then at one point, they ran the ball. They didn't get very far, um, or I believe it was a, yeah, it was, it was a running play. And they go up to clock the ball, and there was some discussion, and I know we heard it, you know, in the comments section that quarterback Peltani for Hudson may have fumbled the snap, and then they recovered, and and, and but that wasn't the case. I, there. To, to, from what I understand in the booth, from what I saw in the booth, it looked as though he got the ball and just spiked it, but it, he kind of fell on top of it too, so it maybe had the idea of a, of a fumble. I don't know. But there is some discussion, and there is some comments from the Wadsworth side that said if it was a fumbled snap, the clock should have ran, and it would yeah. have ran out of time. In this case, it didn't happen. The the referees viewed it as a clock play and stopped the clock with, I think, I think he actually six, spiked. Six. I thought he spiked the ball to stop the clock. He did, but it, what happened was he – But it was he, tough to tell. Because it, there, was, there was – like, as I mentioned, Rob, there was a kind of a an interpretation that right. he may have – when he when he spiked the ball or when he attempted to spike the ball, he didn't have control of the ball, so it looked like he fumbled it. And in that case, the clock should have ran. 
it was it was a judgment call, and unfortunately, you know, it's high school football. It's not the NFL. We don't have instant replay. We can't go back. We can't challenge it. So the referee's call was it was a spiked ball. Stop the clock. So now comes Hudson. I mean, this is this is Hollywood stuff out here. Forty-six yard field goal attempt. And I didn't even realize that uh, Jake Vidmar, their normal kicker, he's kicked beautifully the whole yeah. night. And all of a sudden, they took him out and put Caleb uh, Junko in. Yes, and I was sitting there, and we were up in the booth. We're like, this is 46 yards. For the longest time, I thought it was 36 yards, but then I forgot to add on the additional yards. So it turned out to be a 46-yard you know, field goal attempt for the win. And, Rob, take it away because you were you had yeah. bird's-eye view. I, I was mean, up in the booth. I couldn't tell if it was good or, or not good. Yeah, he, he absolutely – drilled it yeah i mean and he had room from probably 50 to 55 yards it was a great through kick. the uprights and time expired pan the hudson explorers the crowd rushed the field it was absolute pandemonium as the hudson explorers escape with a 37 35 win on a 46 yard field goal by senior kicker caleb junko who yep. kicked it Right through the uprights. He had enough distance on that, honestly, from 50 to 55. It, it was a fantastic kick. My, what my hat's ending. off to that kid. That that kid, I mean, talk about pressure. Talk about, talk. I mean, not just not just the, 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 the situation, but the distance. I mean, yeah, you're a was, high school kid with 46-yard field goal. I mean, yeah, how, many coaches, how many coaches out there have a kicker they have feel confident sending him out there for 36 yards? You see what I'm saying? And especially in this day and age. For him to go out there and nail forty-six yard kick to win the game against a team like Wadsworth, no pressure, no pressure, that's none sure. whatsoever. Jeez. I mean, if you t- you talk to him after the game, or we heard we heard some uh, some comments after the game, and he said he felt he knew it was good as soon as he kicked it. That's the yeah. kind of confidence you want in a kicker. I mean, to come off the bench and kick like that was impressive. It was. It was Wadsworth, very... you know, it, you hate to see any team lose in a game like that. It went back and forth. Each team deserved to win, there's no doubt. But Wadsworth falls at 2-2 two and two on the season, 0-1 in Suburban League, um, as the Hudson improves now to 2-2, two and two, and they're 1-0 and oh in conference. And look to continue the winning streak uh, in Week 5 as they host a very tough Brexville Broadview Heights Coming team. Coming off a win. Coming off a big win. And, Sean, the, the player of the game who you picked in your article is I mean, senior look, kicker I, Caleb Junko with I, a 46-yard field goal. I, I actually spent a lot of time in the booth kind of going back and forth. Do I, do I talk about Jacob Peltani, who, guys, I don't want to make downplay his performance. He was uh, every bit the leader of that offense. He was the, the calming force for Hudson. He did a fantastic job. Um, so many touchdowns, you know, did a great job. But here's the thing. You know what? If a kicker – in high school goes out there and nails a 46-yard field goal to win the game on, as time expires, you're getting player of the game, boys. That's going to happen. Yeah, that's, I mean, he deserves that's it. That's day one I mean, that's stuff. That's crazy. Player of the game, congratulations, Caleb. Congratulations, Hudson. Yeah. You know, Jeff Goff was fired up on the Dude, sidelines. he was absolutely. He was fired up. He was fantastic in, in the interview that Rob did that's yeah, attached was... to the article. You could tell he was pumped for his kids, pumped for Caleb for a huge kick and just, you know, to 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 with the with the hard with the hard, you know, adversity they've had early in the season, that's a galvanizing win for that team. Yeah, and we've talked to him, you know, before. He was very excited. Big fan. Um yeah, he yeah, he listens to our show. He he loved it. 
Um, and we had a chance to talk to him after the game, and you could tell in the interview he was a little bit excited. He was he was pumped up with this Wadsworth team tonight. Yeah, I mean it's a fantastic program. It's one of the best in in Northeast Ohio. Uh, we told our kids focus about ourselves, what we can control. Uh, you know, our motto this year is sacrifice for success. So everything we do, we talk about what are you sacrificing for this team? Can you surrender your ego, your playing time, your your body to this team, to the betterment of this team? And I think you saw it tonight. You know, so many guys made different plays. Guys we haven't seen on the stat sheets. We've been running the ball like 70, 80% of the time. And all of a sudden, you know, to see uh, our backup quarterback come in for one play and make a, what was that, 60, 70 yard throw. Just the idea that, hey, if, if you commit to it and you're ready to go when your opportunity comes, uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. I love this for the kids. It's the first big win we've had, um, you know, in, in a couple a couple games, being 3-7 and seven last year. Uh, but, hey, win it two in a row against a great program with a walk-off field goal. That's, I mean, you can't write a better script than that. Absolutely, no, you cannot. absolutely perfect. I mean, he said it. He was pumped. everything we wanted to. He was holding his daughter. Go check out on sportsontappodcast.com the write up. There's video there that show highlights from this game. Great. Rob did a fantastic job catching all the scoring plays. It's tough. I mean, I was, I was and really was, going and, nuts. And here's the thing: it would, it would, they would come, they would just lull, 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 and then yeah. bang, and then you know, and what then I mean? it's one after another. And I mean, dude, it keeps they you on got your toes. crazy. But it's always great to talk to him and. Um, he was very excited, and, and like I said, he had nothing but respect for Wadsworth um, as he did a great job. And Jeff Goff, you know, our G&G Fitness Coach of the Week, and, uh, and had a, a chance thank to you. talk to him. Big thank you to Hudson Athletic Department for yeah. welcoming us out there. And we weren't the only ones watching that. They had TV. They had their own TV. They had Spectrum there. They, I mean, it was a big game all around, and yeah. they were treated to a fantastic game. Rob. Do you think we can follow this up next week? Do you think we can uh, follow it up this week? Wow, we got to we got to pick the game. We got to tell yeah. the folks where you and I and, and Josh are going to be Friday night. Where are we going to be? I'll tell you what, it's going to be tough. Where are we going, to, boys? It's going to be tough to duplicate that, but we're going to go out to uh, Amherst High School. You're telling me we're doing Southwestern Conference yeah. undefeated versus undefeated? Somebody's got to come down in that game. Oh, are there man. ties? Are there ties? That's the question. But it's going to be the Olmstead Falls Bulldogs, 4-0, 3-0 in conference against the undefeated Amherst Comets, 4-0, 3-0 in conference. One team is going to have a loss after this one, guys, and then we'll see what Avon can do against uh, Midview. That's yeah, a big that's game a as well. So we'll see what happens. This upcoming week could be pretty telling. Can uh, Midview knock off Avon and all of a sudden there's only one unbeaten in the Southwestern Conference? We'll wait and see. Friday night. No comment. <laughs> but make sure to follow us uh, yeah. on Twitter at SOT Podcast. That's right. Make sure you tweet at us using the hashtag SOTHSF. Follow uh, all. Make sure you know you go to our website, sportsontappodcast.com. We're on YouTube. We're on iTunes. We're wherever right. you, wherever you find podcasts. Send, we're there. Hey, send us stats yes, or game stats. summaries to sportsontappodcast at gmail.com. and that way we can uh, have accurate stats. If you want, put pronunciations on there also for kids' names. That's also for, helpful. That's for Rob. Photos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> for photos, you know, if you want to put some photos on our website from games you're at. 
um, send us to sportsontappodcast at gmail.com. We have a lot of great things going on. I want to thank everyone for their help um, giving us accurate stats and all that, uh, and also photos. Julie with a nice job from Olmstead Falls posting those photos on our website. So thank you for that. Make sure you head over to Twitter right now. Our poll is up for our Week That's 4 right. Player of the Week. Uh, fe- uh, featuring players from Buckeye, Solon, Midview, and Barberton. So go head over to our Twitter page and uh, cast your vote. Let's, At SOT Podcast. Let's pick it up. 1,000 votes last week. Let's make it 2,000 this week. Let's That's do it. absolutely crazy, but I love every minute of it. Give these uh, players uh, the recognition they deserve. So I want to thank everyone for listening. Again, go back and play this on our website and on YouTube if you want to go back and listen to this podcast. For Sean Duffy, Ed Dick, Josh Jeffy, I'm Rob Troutman saying so long for Sports on Tap. We'll see you on Friday night in Amherst. Game on! See ya. Thanks for listening to Sports on Tap. Make sure you visit our website, www.sportsontappodcast.com. We would also like to thank our partners, Greater Cleveland High School Hockey League, home of the Baron Cup. Z's Cream and Bean, make life sweet, eat ice cream at Z's. RRT Productions, we shoot, we edit, you win specializing in sports recruiting videos for all high school athletes and gv artwork and design original and one of a kind